Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Fans Only Sports Network. I am Adam Wright in this special episode. So, as I mentioned last week, I'm interning for the semi-pro team, New England, the New England Bearcats, doing play-by-play, and I will also be interviewing players right here on the show, on the Fumble Rooski podcast. It's going to be great. We had Chris Martin, the wide receiver, last week. He was awesome. This week, we have we are going towards the defense, and we have outside linebacker Brian Cody from the team. Brian is a co-worker of mine from our local YMCA. Shout out to the Burroughs branch. And uh, he's also a personal trainer, and he's a personal friend of mine. So, Brian, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you for having me. I'm ready to talk some football, so. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right, so how about you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey uh, through football. Yeah, so, um, right, my name is Brian Cody. I play outside linebacker for the New England Bearcats now. Um, But I've been playing football for about two years at this point, roughly. Um, How I got into it was kind of interesting, so... Obviously, you know our quarterback, Frankie, right? Guy from the local boroughs gym, great dude, runs the juice bar there. But um, we had a long-standing relationship. And before football, I was actually um, looking to play competitive basketball, either overseas or at some local events um, on the East Coast. And once COVID hit, we had right a lot of cancellations, a lot of plans fell through. And it looked like a lot of the things I was doing on that end actually weren't going to work out. So I had been spending all this time in the gym working on like uh, my athletics and everything, getting conditioned to play, you know, high level competitive sports. And then everything got shut down. So Frankie came along and was like, hey, I got this team, actually a different team, the Mass Warriors, that they're, you know, they're having tryouts, come through, see if you like it, see if it's something you'd be into. And I was like, yeah, sure. I got nothing else going on. You know, I do um, I do my own personal training business, but that allows me to have a lot of free time. So I went, I checked it out. I had a great time, great group of guys, just like the entire aspect of it. I loved it. Um, the contact, hitting people, getting hit, everything. Phenomenal. And I was like hooked immediately. So I spent uh, about a year with the Warriors just working on like understanding the game, a lot of like just positioning, things like that. And we had a, we'll call it a rebuild season. Wasn't so great, but you know, it's a game of runs, right? Again, next season, which led me to once that team, once we, our playoff run ended, we hopped over, we had like some time off and um, Frankie once again came to me and said, Hey, I'm playing, for this other team in the short season, you want to hop on with me? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm there. Sign me up. So I went over there, and now I'm outside linebacker again, and I love it. That's great, man. That sounds, that sounds awesome. So um, you, you mentioned that you, you, were, you were actually planning on going into, into play some, you know, uh, some pickup basketball. But um, obviously basketball is a very different – uh, different sport than football. So what was it like the process of sort of being able to transition from basketball into football? Well, that's a, that's a great question actually. Cause there's a lot of like, right. The athletics 
are there. The footwork is kind of there in terms of like being able to react and like, you know, figure out what's going on, spatial awareness, all that. The biggest things I noticed are like, and these might be small things to some other people, but like, for example, you know, you catch a football, like catching an egg in the fingertips and you cradle it in, right? Catching a basketball, it's straight into your palm, right? So like you want it to hit here straight down to the ground. So one of the biggest things that I had to learn was just how to catch instead of trying to like grab the ball into my palm like that or like clamp down on it, being able to cradle and things like that. And then the other big thing that I noticed is, right, basketball is a lot of indirect contact. So, right, it's physical, but not to the same degree that like football is physical. Right. Um, I would even go as far as saying like basketball, I would say is like, more verbally aggressive right because like it's just constant like one-on-one back and forth like smack talking right things like that and football that's that's when you're on the line it's not like when you're running down the court like you know so in basketball you'll be running post to post and people will be just chirping you the whole time whereas i feel like when i'm guarding people on routes like nobody's talking we're all just focused all go mode you know what i mean yeah. and then the last well the last thing i want to say is like going back to the contact is basketball right like you never want to go straight into somebody it's a charge right football you're trying to go through people right you want to hit this dude and then you want to hit the dude behind him so that mental switch of going okay i can i can just hit this dude it would took a lot of like getting used to so do you have any do you have any examples of where that 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 different was actually like really apparent where you're like damn this is football you know is there any is there any do you have any any examples of that I can yeah perfect example right um very first time I played in a game kickoff I was like L5 or L4 and running down and you know like I made con- I made eye contact with the guy in front of me. Ball was way over to the other side. I was like, "Oh, we're not really in this. Like, this doesn't really involve us." So, like in basketball, there's a lot of waiting around, or like you know, you put get in your position and you wait for the ball to come to you to do something. There's off ball movement, but not the same. So I'm running down and I start to ease off because I'm like, "All right, we're not really involved in this." This guy lays me out, like just absolutely lights me up, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Part of my language. Oh, dang, this stuff can happen, you know, like you don't want to dial back at any point. It's all go all the time. Yeah, definitely, man. I could I could definitely understand uh, the difference because I've I've done a little bit of a little bit of both. And, you know, one uh, one is obviously, you know, it's an actual contact sport. The other one, it's just there's going to be contact. But I mean, it's not technically supposed to happen. It does happen. But it's like when somebody goes through someone in, in basketball, there's going to be a penalty. When so, mm-hmm. when you go through someone in, in, in football, that's, that's considered a good play and you get fist bumps from everybody. So it's, it's, it's interesting, the difference. Mm. Yeah. And just, it's that split second where you're like not used to hitting somebody where you hesitate. And that's when you get like, that's when you get wrong. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I want to I want to sort of look look over towards uh, semi pro in general. So I asked I asked Chris this, and he and his his answer was it was interesting as well. Uh, shout out Chris Martin. So there's a lot of media coverage 
of what life as a pro is like, but, but there's really not much on semi-pro athletes. So would you be able to take us through a little bit of, you know, what it's like to be as life as a semi-pro athlete? So honestly, I'd say on a day-to-day, pretty similar to like most daily lives, right? Like I have my other job, my personal training business. Um, and that is like, I do that full time. Um, traveling for games is definitely not as uh, luxurious as you would think. You know, it's a lot of carpooling, a lot of like, you know, making sure that you can get where you need to go. Uh, obviously, we don't get paid. Like some of the guys in in semi-pro, they get paychecks. Most of us don't, right? We play for a long game. Um, and then more directly into like the football style, right? Like you got guys like they, they live and breathe football, they go home, they do their workouts, they watch their nutrition, you know, they're making sure they're taking care of their bodies, things like that. They show up on game day, they ball out, right? But the other side of semi-pro is you get guys who just like to wear the jersey and like to show up. So it's uh, it can be a bit of a circus at times, I'll say that much. But um, overall, it's pretty standard, you know, like your daily daily grind go practice back to the daily grind go to your game so on and so forth it's not bad though uh so uh, would you be able to elaborate a little bit more about you know players kind of just you know they're they're there and they they obviously love to play but they're kind of just there to wear the jerseys would you be able to elaborate a little bit on that oh yeah sure and no disrespect to those guys at all um that's just not how i approach the game but like you know, with some pro, we're not looking at the best of the best, the cream of the crop. Those guys are going to the league, right? They're going to, like, higher-end teams, arena football, things like that. We get guys who come in, like, from practice squads who come and work with us. But for the most part, you get a lot of, like, general pop. So people who enjoy football or guys who played football in like high school, college, and are kind of trying to relive those glory days or hold on to those glory days, if you will. And like, this is the biggest thing I'll say, right? There's a certain level of discipline that comes from pro sports and high level sports. Um, Semi-pro, while it can be a high level sport, does not have that same level of discipline, right? So what I mean when I say you get guys who show up and they just want to wear the jerseys, like you'll have guys who show up to the game drinking booze, smoking cigarettes, whatever it is. And it's like, all right, if you were a high-level athlete, you probably wouldn't be doing those things right before the game or during the game at halftime, things like that. So it's like, again, nothing against those guys, just not how I approach it. Right. So it, it appears that it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, they just, they just, you know, they love the game so much that they just don't want to you know, they still want to try and play, but, you know, they're not looking to become like, you know, these all-time great athletes who are going to be in the NFL making big money being on ESPN uh, or Sunday night football and just, you know, it, they're just kind of looking to, you know, continue playing because they, they just don't want, you know, that time to be over. Is that kind of, that basically yeah, sums it up? Way, the best way I can put it is, it right, it's a community and like there are people who just want to be part of that community and that doesn't necessarily mean getting on the field and chasing down the ball or whatever for them. It means just like showing up and like helping out and being a part of the community. 
Yeah, that's great. Um, so I wanted to touch a little bit on, um, so you're a personal trainer, um, and a pretty good one. If I I might add, you, you've, you've taught me quite a few exercises in our time with the YMCA. Actually, most of the exercises that I know that those are ones that you taught me, but, um, how do you, so as an athlete, who's also a personal trainer, uh, what kind of workouts do you do and how do you structure them for the best performance on the field? Great question. I'll talk about my workout first. So I'm lucky uh, having been in this field for a long time that I get to work with a lot of high level guys who have worked with pro athletes and things of that nature. So I currently am working with uh, Chris Barnard based out of uh, Florida. He's associated with Elliot Hustle um, Strength Camp. I don't know if you've heard of it, but all great stuff to check out. So right now I have a four-day split where I'm working two upper body days, two lower body days a week. It's usually a combination of plyometrics, so like vertical jumps, sprint drills, things like that, followed by your basic like strength training routine, bench press, pull-ups, sit-ups, all that good stuff. And then you finish off with your core, your mobility, and your like prehab exercises, so things that'll get you right for the next time you're in the gym. As a trainer, if I'm programming for an athlete, so programming for athletes, right, a lot of it depends on the requirements of their sports. So, like, if you have a soccer player, um, you know, their transition is they're running, 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 sprinting, running, 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 sprinting. Football players are sprint, stop, sprint, stop. Basketball players, that kind of sprint, stop, sprint, stop. With a little bit of distance running sprinkled in between if you get a lot of fast breaks back and forth. So you have to first look at what it is that the athlete needs for their specific sport. We'll talk about all um, specifically, right? So because it's got a lot of that stop and go, one is you want explosive athletes, so people who are moving quickly, but also creating a lot of force as they're moving. So you want to look at drills like, um, you know, 40-yard dashes, two-point starts, uh, three-point starts, all those sprinting mechanics are great. So anything that's going to help you with your running form on a straightforward path is something great to incorporate into a workout routine. You want to think about the requirements when you're playing the game. So there's not a lot of overhead pressing for football players, right? Basketball players, they got to go up, get rebounds, things like that, and then they fight up here for the ball. If you're a receiver, You may be up here, but you're still bringing the ball down. So you want to make sure that you're working forward motions, reverse motions, and laterally. So from your side to side, those are the key things to focus on. So drills like your bench press, um, like the things I said before, right? Your bench press is great for that forward push. Pull-ups are great. Your back, your stabilizer muscles through your shoulders so you're not getting injured. And then you got your classic squats and deadlifts so that you can push a lot of weight with your legs. Do you want anything a little more specific than that? No, that's that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty specific. But yeah. um is is there a sort of is there kind of a difference between sort of, you know, when you're when you're in season versus during the off season? Hmm. That's a great question, right? So, ideally, um when I'm working with off seasons last about 3 months for most athletes, right? So you're working in a 3-month period, which is a lot of time to build up muscle. And that's the focus. So when you're out of season, 
you want to build up strength and you actually want to get to the point where you're peaking right as your season starts, right? So most people hit a plateau. You want to hit that plateau right as your season starts so that you're operating at your highest capacity during that season. And then once you transition into season, what you're doing is you're working on smaller movements focused on maintaining where you've been at, right? So if you just play football and you stop lifting completely, right? Those movements are vastly different and require way different like systems and like certain body mechanics to accomplish those tasks. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're peaking right as you get to the season. And then as you get into your season, you want to make sure that the taper off that happens is as minimal as possible. So just to give you an idea, um, I have a soccer player who's in season right now. I still meet with him three times a week. What we do is we'll go through basic hip mobility, spine mobility, and um, shoulder mobility, make sure that he can move in the full range of motion, make sure that he's getting proper strides and everything. We'll look at his running mechanics, making sure that there's any tweaks that we need to make, we can make those and have them be applicable for his next game. And then from there, it's just basic like, you know, lunges, squats at lighter weights, usually 70% of what they're maxing out at, something like that, just to make sure that the muscles are still used to strength training when they're out of season and then we transition back into that strength building phase. So kind of when you're, when you're exercising at 70%, um, you know, 70% capacity, is there, is it, is it a possibility that your, your muscles become, uh, more, you know, uh, more dependent on, you know, that, on that weight and that becomes their, that becomes their max for how much they can, they can lift. So you should expect your maxes to drop a little bit during the season just because you're not creating those same adaptations the way you were out of season. But you shouldn't, there shouldn't be any concern about dropping off like 30, 40 pounds on your squat or anything like that, um, right? So let's say you have a 100-pound squat and you're working at 70%. You're still, right, you're still playing your sport. You're still strengthening those muscles in a different way. You're working on what's called aerobic capacity or muscular endurance. And that kind of training still stimulates muscle growth. So if you're doing that alongside a little bit of regimented strength training, you're actually more likely to see improvements going into your next offseason than anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So how much off your max to lose would it be like a problem? So like when you're, so you know, a better... A better way of addressing this question is to say that most athletes suffer from injuries due to repetitive use, right? So if you're running every day, all the time, the muscles, your body's eventually going to find the easiest way for you to move. And that might not necessarily be the best way or the safest way, right? It's just the easiest, like your body's like, okay, we got to do this. And eventually a wear and tear, it breaks down. When you're doing strength training right when you're doing your 70 percent squat you're still strengthening those ligaments and tendons and working on your bone density which is going to long term allow you to continue to improve um when you don't do those things coupled together right if you're doing too much of one or the other your body just breaks down um i feel like i'm not addressing your question 
No, that's all right. So it it it, it appears that you're more that you're a little you're more uh, correct and correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're more con- concerned about overworking yourself rather than in in season rather than overworking than uh, than underworking yourself and uh, and losing a little bit of strength. Yes, exactly. Right, like underworking if you're in season. That's more. Uh, I hate to say this, but that's kind of right. Like on you, like you know if you're pushing yourself. Correctly. So yeah. if you come home and you didn't push yourself at practice or at your game, right? Chances are you're probably not pushing yourself in the same way. And if you're seeing drop off in weight, it's I would say it's more likely because of one of those reasons as opposed to, you know, like your muscles atrophying or, you know, your muscle strength, your gains going away, if you will. We hear this a lot with runners where they talk about like, Oh, you know, like if I do too much cardio, it's going to take away from my muscle growth. But we know that that is inherently not true. If anything, when you do like, you know, 20 reps of an exercise, 40 reps of an exercise, we're talking about that muscular endurance again. And there's a little bit of hypertrophy that goes on with that, which is muscular growth. Again, what I'm saying is you should see growth even during your regular season. And what will happen is when you get to your regular season, your numbers might drop a little bit. But by the time you're at next season, your, ne- your next season starts up, your max should still be over what your last max was. Right. Because at that point, you still you might have lost a little bit, but you still kind of you built up a lot of muscle that previous offseason. So you're still, you know, a, a lot better than where you were uh, at the beginning of the last offseason. That is correct. And the the other thing, if you want to just throw that all out the window and take away one thing, I'll say this. Um, the strength drop that you see coming out of a season is typically related to movement patterns, not to your overall. It's like riding a bike. It might not be beautiful the first time you do it, but after a couple tries, it'll come back to you. Certainly. I I just want to transition a little bit more towards the the play on the field. Um, so So going into games... Uh, what kind of mindset do you set when you go uh, when you're about to play um, in in any game? Um, so for me personally, like you're looking to hurt people, not in a malicious way, but like a very different mindset from when like you're walking around every day. It's you know like you want to get aggressive, you want to get physical, and you just want to kind of get into this state where you're like you're ready to do damage to someone because one, it protects you. And two, like, you know, if I'm playing against somebody, I want them to give me their best. And if I'm going out there and I'm, like, worried about hurting somebody or I'm worried about, like, somebody's feelings, right, I'm definitely not playing at my best, right, because I'm pulling away. I'm pulling back. So I want to go out there, and my mindset is to, like, crack skulls and just break bones. Awesome. So so your mindset is kind of just a lot of mainly kind of aggression and sort of setting, setting yourself to think, you know, well, the other guy is the the opposing team is going to is going to come out uh, the same way because this is this is football. It's very physical, and if you're not ready to play, then they will be, kind of like that. Right. What's the quote? It's a game played by big, fast, strong men. Right. So the goal is to be strong, be fast, hit hard, and you have like talk about Belichick. You have a job to do. You want to go out there and do it to the best of your ability. My job is to tackle and hit people, force fumbles, force turnovers, whatever it may be. That comes from like hitting people hard, you know. 
Certainly. Sort of do your job. And by doing your job, you know, that and doing doing your job, that job happens to be, especially as, as a linebacker, tackling guys, blowing through guys, forcing fumbles. You're ripping the ball out all the time. That's that's aggression. Kind yeah, of setting that exactly. mindset because they're going to be aggressive, too. You know, it's a violent game, right? So you want to have a violent mindset. If you go out there with something other than that, you're not bringing your best to the field. Certainly. Um, so do you have any do you have any superstitions when you're about to play? <laughs> None that I care to share, but I got a couple. Uh, I'll tell you, I always I always put on my left shoe first. The left shoe first. Has the, has anything bad happened when you when you didn't when you put on your right shoe first? Uh, rolled ankles and just it, that that's something that's translated from uh, basketball for me. Nice, nice. Yeah. So that that's uh, so every so. Is there, do you have a back backstory to that? Sort of how that kind of came to be? Yeah. So I, um, as, as BS as this may sound, I swear to you, like I was thinking about it for a couple of weeks. I tore my a ligament in my ankle playing basketball. It took me about six months to heal. So when I came back, I just was always like loose on my right shoe. Um, and I just like, I just nurtured it a lot because it was like a pain in the butt to get my right shoe on. So I always started with my left. And I had one day where I was like, all right, I'm going to put my right shoe on first and just deal with this. And the first play that I was out on the court, I rolled my ankle again. And I was like, nah, it's got to be the right shoe versus the left shoe. I told you it's silly, but like, I swear there's some truth to that. So it sounds like it's a little bit of a luck thing. So, you know, that for that one time, that one time you put on, the you put on the right shoe first you get an injury right away yeah i mean i just knew why yeah. was... that's so that's how you know that's how you know that it's it's something there's something going on there some sort of voodoo or something Adam, look man i would i would i would put my right cleat on first saturday but i'm telling you like we don't want anything bad to you don't do that don't take the risk. put on your left i will but you you want to? I, I don't I don't know if I want to test that theory. I'm not I'm not trying to go for rolled ankles, any injuries, or anything worse. Because I mean, as you said, football's really physical. What if that luck takes it to the next level? Yeah, man. Nah. Uh, outside of that, though, um, I got a couple of things that I do, but those are those are on the down low. Those are secrets. All right, all right. You can have your secrets. I'm I'm very. I'm, you're making me more intrigued, though. You know that, right? You know, I, it makes me more intrigued when I when you hear. Well, I have some, but it's on the it's on the down low. You know, you know how I'm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. What are we What are we allowed to say on this show? If it's any swear word, if it's any swear words, you could just say just say like it's if it's f word, just f word or something mm -hmm. like that. If it's a sexual reference, I guess that's fine. Yeah, you know. Um... Like I said, they, we got some stuff. We can talk about it at another time, maybe off. No worries, no worries. Um, so going going sort of a little more towards the the field of play. So unfortunately, you were able to you were only able to play for four for uh, four snaps this past game. Uh, with expectations for you to be starting uh, this week, what kind of contributions do you expect to be uh, to bring towards uh, this Bearcats defense uh, for tomorrow's game? Um, well, I like. In terms of our linebackers, I'm definitely on the more agile side, a little more athletic. So if we run any kind of coverages, things like that, it's going to be lockdown, done deal. Um, you know, flats, hooks and curls, nothing there. 
that'll be my big contribution. I'm hoping a couple plays in at DN, get some edge rushing in. Uh, we'll see how the game goes, but I just plan on locking down whoever's in front of me, securing my area, making sure the ball doesn't go there. So look, so looking at so looking at playing at DN versus a uh, linebacker, which would you say is your is your best the is sort of your best position to be in uh, rushing the passer versus playing in coverage? Definitely. I, I, my strong suits are definitely playing in coverage. Um, a lot of that comes from basketball and reading defenders, right? So there's a little bit of natural, just like being able to understand where somebody's hips are angled towards what they're doing, things like that. Um, I don't mind pass rushing, but like there are some big boys down there and I'm pretty confident that I can knock the ball out of the air stay running and i'm not afraid of anyone by any means but you know i see my d end compared to me and i go larry you got this man it's all you he was 270 65 if he can do a better job than i can i'll give it to him yeah definitely do you have so across all your time in semi-pro football is there do you have an all all-time favorite memory from uh from playing look i'm gonna be honest last game that win was a pretty nice feeling because Coming from last season where I was on a team and so for the math, like for my last team, just to give you some backstory, we had uh, like a two and eight season. And the worst part of that was it was not by any means on the defense. Like we would hold guys to zero points the entire game. And then our quarterback would throw like three interceptions for pick sixes and we'd lose. So I went through a whole season dealing with that where like, again, like onside kick, we get the ball back, quarterback throws an interception, uh, force a fumble, quarterback like fumbles the ball again, other team takes it back for a score. Things like that, um, you know, small frustrations here and there, part of the rebuild. Uh, so coming into this game and just having like such a dominant win right off the bat with like a group of guys that I really enjoy playing with, was a really nice feeling. I wish I got in a little bit more, but honestly, like that that's probably one of the that is probably a highlight for me. So looking at that game, so what were your thoughts on the the defenses uh you know their their performance being able to only allow six points and I believe I believe though that uh I don't I don't even think that was on defense. I think that was on that was the uh on the offense, yeah. correct? So exactly exactly what I'm talking about where um defense does everything right. You do everything you're supposed to, but still lose games. That's definitely a frustration for me. Um, you know, you hate to see that on any on any team. Definitely. Um, so is there so um is there sort of I, I understand you don't you we we've talked a little bit off camera before. Um you're not you're not a big follower of the NFL or anything, but is there any sort of athlete, anyone who you sort of look up to and kind of model your game after? You know, that's uh, I've never really thought about it. I guess if I had to draw any kind of comparison, man, that's tough. That's a tough question, man. Yeah, I know you're not a big you're not a big follower of the NFL. Um, so I and I I do know that you're big on you're big on the NBA. So you could you know tap into tap into there if you'd like, if you have yeah. anybody. I mean, that's okay. Yeah, I would say in terms of a mentality, like um, I like to think of myself a lot. Like I uh, a lot of comparisons to like. CP3, but a little bit of like, right, being able to see what's going on. And I, I feel like there's a lot of that that translates to the linebacker position where you have to be able to observe, right, 
watch your zone, make sure you know what's going on, and then react to things going on in other places. Uh, so just in terms of being able to survey the field or the court, whatever it may be, and react accordingly, uh, that's that's probably, I would say, the comparison that I would draw. So CP3 is kind of a player who, uh, I mean, it's it's a little bit outside of my area of expertise as a football guy, but he, I understand that he is one of those players, especially as a point guard, who prides himself kind of in making everybody else kind of better around him. Do you see sort of a comparison there where he's sort of just trying to distribute the ball and just put the team in the best position to win? Yeah, like I said, like um, in terms of putting the team in the best position to win, if I got a job to do, like if he's like, yo, you're blitzing um, or, you know, you got man coverage, zone coverage, whatever it may be, doing that to the best of my ability is going to allow my teammates to do whatever they need to do to the best of their ability. It's not as direct as like distributing the ball, but if I can do what I need to do and cover my zone, my teammates will trust me. They'll be able to cover their zone more efficiently. And in that way, we elevate each other's level of play. Certainly. I mean, it's, it's definitely like just, just in the nature of football, it's a team sport. It's one of those things where if one guy at, at one position is doing their job uh, not as well as they could, then, you know, the rest of the team really suffers. And it really go, just trickles down to, you know, every single position. So I can certainly understand where, you know, trying to just, just doing your own job could kind of, you know, could help make, um, could really help the, the entire team out. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, so just a couple questions here. This has been, this has been awesome. So what is one thing that you've learned, uh, in football that you probably wouldn't have if, had you not played at all? How to channel aggression in a very specific type of way. Yeah. And, and so I guess to elaborate on that a little bit, just like for me, a lot of like, this is a little bit of my like personal stuff, but like growing up, um, you know, taught to not be aggressive. I had two sisters, you know, very, like, stay calm, you know, you, you don't hit them, wh whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, just be a calm kid. And so with football, you know, it's a very healthy outlet and a way of channeling aggression into something that is productive as opposed to destructive, something like that. Um, and, like, as you know, like, I don't follow the NFL. I wasn't really big into football until the past couple of years. So a lot of this, while it may not be new to other people, is relatively new to me. Interesting. So probably one of the biggest things I've learned. And then also just, like, I'll say this. People talk about, like, what's who's more athletic, basketball players or football players. Basketball, yep. right, they're athletic, they're crazy, they're explosive. but until you're jumping and getting hit by another like 220 pound guy in the air um who's literally just trying to knock you out of the air not go for like a block or something like that very very different level of physicality yeah i can certainly under understand uh, what you're, where you're coming from as, you know, earlier in the show, you mentioned your adjustment to the game was kind of sort of there, there's a lot more aggression in, in, uh, in football than there is in basketball with that being a contact sport and kind of learning how to regulate that, uh, because there is aggression, but not letting that sort of, um, but sort of being able to control that a little bit and kind of monitor that 
is that kind of yeah well it's like um for basketball right like you get angry you can't hit anybody or do it you don't throw the ball or anything like that but football right like you get angry you can hit that guy twice as hard as you hit him last time and it's completely acceptable so that is when i say like when you talk about like finding that level or channeling it or moderating it that's what i think about is like yeah you can moderate it but you can also escalate it in a safe way nice has there ever been has there ever been a time where you just got angry and just decided to hit a dude like as hard as you possibly could uh every time somebody hikes the ball nice i like I like I like the energy, but like, is what were you ever like provoked? Like, you know, was there ever a time where like somebody was just being, you know, not a not the best sport, and you're just all right. I gotta I gotta I gotta absolutely cream this guy on the next play. Oh yeah, you get guys in practice all the time who like, you know, like first couple of plays, we're all taking it easy, we're all like, you know, messing around, shooting the breeze, whatever it is, and you get some guy who's some hothead who like has clearly never played a day in his life talking like all sorts of smack talking all types of crazy and you go all right dude like you know you let him get the ball the next time and you light him up and you know like playing linebacker i got lots of opportunities to do that so give him a little welcome to the big league son exactly welcome to football I, when, lo- I like i like this energy just right here get him right in the chest knock knock him on their asses i love it uh so just one more question so uh, what is one uh, piece of advice that you would offer that for that kid, young adult, or anyone who's just trying, to, who's just starting out in football and is looking to make an impact on the game? Somebody who's just starting off. Are you talking about in like a semi-pro career or just in, at any level? In general, at any level, just kind of just starting out, but, and, you know, looking to look, looking to, looking to get the most out of, out of their experience playing football. I would say um, the biggest thing is to, Honestly, stick with it, especially through the first couple of weeks, because there's going to be a lot of things that like if you're just starting off that you might not like. And that could be anything from the physicality of the game to like the way, you know, stereotypical football players are like, I'm not saying everybody's like that, but like, you know, um, there's certain like personalities and things like that. And not everybody always meshes. Like I've seen lots of players get in fights with like other players over stuff completely unrelated to the game. So if you run into things like that, if you butt heads with your teammates, right, that's just part of it. And if you stick through it, eventually you'll find like what you're good at, what your talents are, how you can help the team and just grow from that. But the important thing is to stick with it. That's great, man. Um, so do you have any, anything else that you'd, you'd like to say before we, uh, before we end the show tonight? Um, if it's cool to plug my business. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, again, everybody, my name is Brian Cody. Uh, I run above the bar athletics based out of Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. We offer online and in-person training, work with all types of athletes from every age. Um, so if you ever have any questions or need to reach out, you can find me. My Instagram is B underscore D O D Y underscore. Um, and my website above the bar athletics.org. That's awesome, man. You guys heard him. Go check him out. Brian, thank you so much for coming onto the show tonight. We loved, I loved getting all of your insight on the game and sort of 
you know, your, your insight on, you know, being on the training side of it as that's, that is really, that really is up your alley. Speaking from personal experience, like I said, man, you showed me like when I first walked into that gym, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I was, I had no idea what back exercises there were for just if, if I was just, and I was, I wasn't looking to be, to do anything athletic or anything. I was just trying, I wasn't training for anything. I was just looking to build things up. And you really, you showed me all of these back exercises. I've taken those and I've, I've put, I've done some, made some modifications myself just as I've, as I've gotten stronger, but the basic, you know, uh, the structure of it, that hasn't changed. So I, I thank you. I haven't gotten the chance to thank you for that, man, because, you know, a, a, a couple months ago, I was able to reach a goal I've been trying to hit for a long time, which is to hit to bench 225 pounds for 10 reps. I never wow. thought I would get to that point, and you helped me get to that point, helped me just be able to learn learn how to get up, up there and wait. So, guys, check him out. This guy really is the real deal. I can speak from personal experience. Uh, but anyways, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays on at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Brian... Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, they are playing tomorrow. Next, So Bearcats' next game is Saturday, April 23rd in Haverhill, Massachusetts. It is going to be on Roku TV, so tune in. And it is also live on the Facebook page to see Brian Cody in action. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.